Hello, I'm Derek Wheatley and welcome to episode 61 of the Weekly Wheatley podcast. Thank you very much to Cheryl Byrne for coming on last uh, week. She was the first person to appear in our YouTube video um, set up. Uh, it went down quite well, I think, and a couple of people uh, responded that they took a little bit more in uh, kind of the visual uh, aspect of things. Um, and look, some people are better at that, like listening, and some people like to see and hear and things like that. So um, thank you very much to Cheryl. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube if you haven't done so already, because John has been editing some clips from the uh, from last week's show and from for the foreseeable future. Um, and yeah, it'll ju- it'll just get, pop up on your inbox on Saturday and Sunday, and it's just like a three-minute thing just to kind of get you... If you haven't seen the episode or heard the episode, it's good to kind of uh, get a little taste of what it's all about. And actually, last week's episode, or last week's clip, was about me um, burning a teddy bear. So th- there's little, there's little, there's going to be those little kind of weird confessions that I make in there that I'm ashamed of and embarrassed about. But it's about, it's all about having a bit of crack. Um, Live and joyful is still uh, running, and um, by the time this comes out, uh, it's coming out Wednesday. So actually, Wednesday evening, I'm having Calvin back to talk about films, exclusively about films, something I haven't talked about before. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I think that's everything covered for now. Um, so I'm going to introduce my guest today, who's a musician and a singer. And there's, and if I don't get this name right after all <laughs> we've talked about, it's Saya Novinger. How are you doing, Saya? I'm good, thank you. And you did get it right. <laughs> what, yeah, I, just to explain, I was saying... I was saying your name wrong. Uh, I was saying Saya, and then I was like, "Well, it's either Novinger or Novinger," and then it's it's actually Novinger. So yes. uh, I was I was all over the place. But uh, it's it's lovely okay. to have you on because this is the first time that we've actually uh, crossed continents and we've gone to another time zone, even. Um, yes. Yeah. So it, I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Um, we you are where are you at this moment? I'm in California, uh, sunny California, and uh, I'm about two hours north of LA, so Southern California. Southern California, it, I can tell you uh, now, it is a, a lovely Irish spring day. It's lashing rain, and it's actually very, very windy as well. <laughs> so we've had a, we've had a, a, all day. I will, I will say that this is, I'm recording this is just after seven, and it's like all day it's been like this. But uh, Oh my gosh. But look, we would actually love some of your rain right now. <laughs> I was just thinking that we always hear about things over. Yeah, when we hear about like LA or California and the fact of like there hasn't rained in a certain amount of time or, you know, the mm-hmm. drought and all this kind of stuff. And we're complaining on the other end of things. So it's very <laughs> exactly. hard to get the right balance, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but listen, we'll get into it. Um, can you give us a short history of your upbringing, please? Yes, uh, so I was born in LA, and shortly after that, my parents and I moved overseas, and because of my dad's job, we had to move every one to two to three years, so um, it was a wild ride, (laughs) Uh, just uh, growing up, moving all over the place, and it was always to um, different countries, so it was a very international upbringing, and I came back semi-permanently to the U.S. when I was 18. And so um, uh, it's been interesting trying to navigate uh, the world as an American, mm. but uh, having lived most of my life overseas. So, Has it been an, a positive experience? Yeah, everyone asks me that. And um, honestly, I, I don't know what it's like. Well, I've been 
you know, in the country now since I came back. So this is the longest I've been in, a, in any one place. It is the U.S. But before that, um, that was all I knew. I only knew what it was like to to move a lot. And so um, I just understood it was our duty as a family um, to move. And, and it was really hard, but I learned how to make friends really fast. And it taught me how to adapt um, and absorb the really good things about each culture that I got to experience. Because in each country, in each different country, uh, you know, we were there, um, usually it was every two, we were there two years, a whole total of two years. So um, you know, in two years in a place, you really get to know the culture and the people. And so, um, I don't know, I was able to be like a kind of like chameleon sometimes, uh, just like, yeah, just absorbing a lot, absorbing a lot of different kinds of music, languages, um, and just, yeah, it was, it was a huge gift for me. It was hard, definitely hard moving and leaving my friends, you know, over and over again, for sure. That was really difficult um but the benefits I reap from it are just invaluable I feel like it's just so it's so rich it's so rich in knowledge and experience and, yeah yeah we we it's good because we will be getting to talk a bit more about the those different like cultures and lands that you've been been to and been able to kind of as you say absorb um mm-hmm. uh so as we always ask um when did you first become aware of mental health um, it's a kind of a hard question to answer. Um, you know, I grew up primarily in a time when it wasn't, it still wasn't really talked about, um, that much, but, uh, from a young age, I was the only child. Mm. And so, um, I guess being an only child, you do get to, you, you understand like the things that, you know, help you calm down. You have a lot of alone time. And so what do you what do you fill with that? <laughs> Your imagination. Uh, my imagination was really, really rich um, as a child. And so, um, you know, I think that allowed me just to understand myself and like, mm. oh, I do need to, you know, have my own time for a while if I ever get really stressed out. And I do have, you know, the things that I, that I enjoy doing um, that like replenish me, recharge me, um, and so, you know, I th- think I always, you know, was aware of it in that way mm. from a young age. But then um, I guess in high school, you know, the term mental health and then more in college and then after that uh, became a thing. But um, I feel like I was uh, honestly most aware of it just the last few years, yeah. you know, not like very long. Yeah, again it's 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 just interesting from a point of view of recording with a guest every week and hearing what they or when they heard about it first or how they deal with it themselves and stuff it's just an interesting kind of I suppose a graph of what I'm kind of finding out about uh and it's obviously different age groups we talked as well and different mm-hmm. um you know people from different uh backgrounds and financial situations when they were young and all and it's just it's an interesting topic to kind of always kind of that's why I always want to bring it up kind of first and then you know when mm-hmm. we can when we can kind of move away from that we can kind of relax into maybe you know <laughs> a bit more uh you know fun stuff but we're going to talk a lot about music on on this episode with you so do you remember when music first made an impact on you um I 
feel like it's always been around my whole life. Mm. It's one of those things that was always there. Um, so my father, um, he actually studied uh, choral conducting. Oh. He would conduct choirs. And, you know, um, I mean, he had his regular job, but wherever we moved, uh, he would create these international choirs. And so from an early age, I was going to rehearsal. And so <laughs> hours and hours of, you know, since I was a baby, basically, um, sitting in on rehearsals and singing. He was, all, he was always singing to me. And so I was always singing also. I don't remember a time when I wasn't singing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he always filled the house with music, all kinds of music, because he loved all that classical stuff, you know, from, you know, early as the 1400s, you know, mm. all the way back. Um, and he also loved, you know, 70s rock and roll. So <laughs> uh, we had a pretty eclectic kind of musical library in the house. So, yeah, we, yeah. we all, well, I always like, line up 70s rock and roll with california for some reason and i don't i, I <laughs> yeah don't, for sure it could like be he's... you know the idea you know like films and tv always seem to present that kind of idea and then like fleetwood mm-hmm. they always think i always think of even though i know a couple of members were from england yeah. and that but there is this <laughs> exactly. funny, you know no, you're right yeah if you think of like palm trees and like the sunset here yeah. beaches or something yeah it's well fun. he he grew up in that time here so he was able to mm. He was like living in it. He was, he was in, in all. He saw the doors oh, when they he? were still like when they are the before they were unpopular. He saw them like perform at his um, school auditorium, and uh, Jim Morrison was so shy he wouldn't face him. He had he had his back to them the whole time because he was he was like wow. Oh. Yeah. That is my younger brother is obsessive. If I'm obsessive about the Beatles, he's obsessive about the Doors, and in really? particular, yeah, in particular, Jim Morrison. And <laughs> you know, we, we will talk a bit about a bit about performing. But I always, you know, mm-hmm. that idea of Jim Morrison turning his back and uh, turning to his back to the audience. And Michael mm-hmm. Stipe used to do that as well when when mm-hmm. REM first started. And mm-hmm. when you see them the progression of artists like that you know when Jim, Jim Morrison went into crowds and yeah uh, my gosh you know Michael Stipe became this like amazing front person you know that was that was kind of full of energy and emotion and um I, I love mm-hmm. the idea of the progression of someone from from nerves or anxiety whatever it might be to yeah. like this global stardom I think it's funny yeah. you know um you have this you mentioned it uh, about different cultures and different lands that you've you'd been to and I know it's a, it's it's a, a um, on your Instagram page, it says mm-hmm. it. And I, I guess I've kind of got a part of the answer why it says that now, because I, I didn't know you'd <laughs> obviously moved around quite a bit, but did, was that like, because we're going to talk a bit about, you know, um, the Irish side of things and the, the Irish mm-hmm. songs and music you like. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a number of countries uh, that you uh, absorb their particular type of traditional music? <laughs> um it's that's a really good question um I have always been very curious and researching as much as I can all the time and so you know let's say I was um in Brunei or something I mean I would absorb what is there but I would also just be like searching and searching you know however I can for other kinds of music all around the world you know so it was um you know I was raised in a household where you you find out and you read as much as you can. And, and so, <clears throat> let's see. 
So I grew up in in seven different countries. So regionally, I would say Asia, South America, and the Middle East. Mm. Um, I didn't actually get to live in Europe. (laughs) But, um, but, you know, being American, um, there's so much Irish culture that's Mm. just intertwined everything that we do that I I don't think most Americans, like, don't know that. But, Mm. you know, I went to Ireland before and it was just it just hit me like so hard how I could really feel how I could feel like how many Irish immigrants traveled to the U.S. and gave their culture to the U.S. because I feel like so much of it is embedded in our culture and yeah I think uh, I just I just wish um more Americans were aware of that, I guess, like this thing that we do is actually, you know, Irish thing or, or you know, even our storybooks and stuff. Mm. And so in that way, I felt um, closer to Irish culture um, than others, you mm. know, I would say. I, um, I think with the, there is a joke in, in Ireland, like a kind of a, a running joke that everybody knows. And it's always the wink, wink stuff where, Obviously, we know how many Irish people went to America and we know how, uh, you know, it spreads then, you know, through uh, down through generations. But when we hear someone like Joe Biden, you know, Joe Biden has had, you know, uh, relations from from County Mayo. But we hear a lot of Americans saying that they're Irish, you know, (laughs) we're immediately like mm, a bit skeptical because Mm -hmm. I think. Sometimes I think the the Irishness is kind of worn as a badge um, of, you know, if you don't know uh, or you haven't been to Ireland, I think it's easier to kind of go, oh, yeah, like, yeah, my such and such was Irish. But I think when people kind of come over and whether you Mm -hmm. have an I I will say this, whether you have an Irish background or not, I'm, I'm talking about just an American or whoever, maybe Canadian is coming over to Ireland and they see it and they they kind of absorb it. It's it is quite a. Um, it's quite a proud culture, I think, um, around the world. Um, people will probably be watching me and talk, hearing me now going, you're always giving out about it. But yeah, yes, I am always mm-hmm. giving out about it. I'm not including me, but I mean, there is a lot of people very, very proud of the Irish kind of thing and mm-hmm. the Irish uh, traditions and the music and whatever, you know. So mm-hmm. the fact that it's really nice to hear you say, it, like, you know, because you're not claiming to be Irish but you're saying mm-hmm. that like you came to Ireland and you uh, saw and heard and you know all the sights and the sounds and that and it's something that you've obviously carried on listening to yeah. and, you know like we will get stuck into um mm-hmm. but like we, you mentioned about about singing um something you've always done like uh, I'm curious to know is it something that you practice <laughs> um that's a good question too uh <laughs> I don't practice as much as I should. Okay. <laughs> um, but before the pandemic started, I was in a Irish band mm. in LA and uh, it was a trad band. So just playing all kinds of traditional Irish music. We played in different venues and pubs and things. And so um, I didn't really know that much about it before, mm. but once being in the band, then I was actually hearing song names and, you know, the favorites that there that are out there. And um, I admit, I still need to uh, study more. I feel like I always need to study more and more. Um, but when I was, obviously, when things were open and, you know, pre-pandemic, then I was 
practicing more. <laughs> mm. And uh, that's when I uh, sang that song, Mobile um, Valley, was when I was playing a lot out mm. in LA live. But uh, I do need to practice more. Yeah, <laughs> You're calling me out. <laughs> no, you know, I, I'm, I'm calling myself out. Uh, I, you know, obviously I don't perform anymore like I used to do just in, in pubs and that. But when I do it, I've kind of gotten back into it just through this, you know. And I know you've seen Live and Joyful, but we do something on Facebook as well. And I, I play a song before each, um, you know, uh, live segment. And I'd always get a little bit nervous. And I wouldn't get nervous if it was just talking. But I, if I had to play the song, but it was good for me. It was good for my anxiety to, to be out of my comfort zone initially. But I never practiced singing. I never thought of practicing singing. Uh, I never thought of myself as being a good singer. So I was just like a backing singer. And I thought I should practice now. You know, as you get older, I think you need to kind of keep it warm. So I, I'm I'm getting better at that. Like um, yeah, right. we are going to get involved in, in, in the well below the valley and all uh, what goes around but I'm just for now I'm just going to read an advert so you can just take a sup of your tea there and just all right <laughs> I will <laughs> good uh, so fusion training center Monksland Athlone a place to train in Brazilian jiu-jitsu kickboxing martial arts and crossfit a great atmosphere with experienced coaches and a real sense of community if you want to join the team find us on fusion uh, there I got it wrong find us on Facebook at fusion training center or drop in for a chat fusion training center Train like a warrior. That's obviously the gym is not open at the moment with us, you know, obviously uh, nothing is, but hopefully it will be soon. And then we'll all be rushing back in there and choking and kicking each other and whatever we do. Um, so are you aware now this is, this is going to sound like I'm having a go or a bit of a dig and I'm not, mm. okay. I just want to describe that it's going to have a big build up mm-hmm. for a reason. Okay. So, okay. There's a, there was a guy, Seamus Ennis, and he was a, f- a famous Illin P- Pipe player, okay? And he mm-hmm. said that the Bowron was best played with a penknife. And I heard this, <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> I heard this, right, through somebody else. It was somebody else said it, and I didn't know the initial reference, right? So mm-hmm. I had to look it up. Now, um, I think an illum pipe should be played with a penknife, but that's just me. That's my opinion. <laughs> People can just relax. Um, I, I, what I would say about the, the Bowron, it, it's not my favorite instrument. And the reason it's not my favorite instrument is because half of Ireland thinks they can play it and they can't <laughs> because there's a subtlety to it. And here's, and yes. here's, here's me turning around now. Here's me turning it around. Okay. <laughs> when you play it, and when you play it in the well below, below the valley in the in the performance, the live performance you did that um, became your single, mm-hmm. there's much subtler sound. Um, uh, mm-hmm. The way you play it, the way you you have skill and have clearly learned how to play it correctly. And I think my problem with the Baron <laughs> is has been that person who's just been hammering it, hammering it, hammering it. You know, mm-hmm. um, what attracted you to the instrument? Oh my gosh. Um, well. First off, I'm not a drummer. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I grew up playing the piano, okay. and then I played the guitar, and um, the baron. It's uh, what drew me to it. Um, so when I was, well, can I can I talk about the whole song and how I heard that song? Yeah, I'm just gonna say that uh, the well below the valley is Saya's uh, single 
and it's a song by if you don't know it's a song by Planksty. So I do want to get into that. So take it away. Yeah. So the first time I ever saw Bauer, obviously we hear drums our whole life and they're around us a lot. But um, first time I saw Bauer was on the TV, and my parents had rented a movie called The Magdalene Sisters. Hmm. Have you heard of that film? Very cheery film. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like. 11 years old oh man and they rented it and um they were always renting crazy films just like wow anyway so um the first scene of that is a wedding and the priest or a pastor is singing that song Mm. that's the first time i ever heard it and of course irish music had been around me you know it's so ubiquitous around the world um so i grew up hearing it but that was the first time i heard it in a different way um, it wasn't, um, you know, like a pop kind of version of Irish music. It was acoustic, you know, very minimal, and there was a drum playing. And something about it just went straight to my heart, <laughs> like right into my soul. And I think because it sounds so ancient mm. that way, and the way uh, that man was singing, I think his name is Sean Mackin. Uh, but I haven't, um, I haven't been able to find much about him um, on the internet. Uh, but it was just so raw. It was so raw and real. And it wasn't all polished up. And that's what I loved about it. I just was entranced. And, um, you know, I obviously at some point left the room because the movie was so, yeah. so awful. It's a, it's, it's a really, I mean it's like people should watch it to know what happened um but it is a really really difficult uh, Mm. movie and um you know um but that's actually where I first heard the Bauron and I just heard this you know it's called the drum of many voices and so um that's what really attracted me as well as something that was so ancient and and it just calls back hundreds of years hundreds of years back to me um, but that's where I first heard the Bon and and I mainly heard, you know, learned from him uh, playing it. And he plays in his own unique way where, like you said, it's not really like hammering on mm. the whole time. Like he does play with um, tact and sensitivity. And so for me, that's what I thought it was like, you know. And mm. so that was my main influence in how, you know, to me, a Bon should sound. Um, but that was my biggest influence in terms of that that instrument. Um, when you uh, where were you when you performed it in the, for the single? That was uh, in a bar in West Hollywood. <laughs> uh, was it in LA? Friend? Actually, no. So okay. it's called uh, a little shout out Bar Lubitsch uh, in <laughs> West Hollywood. Um, but it was after a long set of my own music. So I okay. was playing the guitar. I was playing jazzy folk, some covers and some original stuff. And at the very end, I kind of just wanted to surprise people with this mm. totally different thing. <laughs> and so that was the last song. And, and it was funny because everyone was like, oh, <gasps> what was that? What was that? They're like, your, yeah, your other songs were good, but what was that last song? <laughs> it, it, and so, uh, yeah. <laughs> I listened. To, I listened to it again last night, and um, uh-huh. I've obviously listened to it a few times now. Um, the, yeah, what what I what I love about it is the kind of space in it. 
Um, the the idea of using the Bowron as a, a you know a, a, almost like a backup instrument rather than like a, a the driving force of the song. So it, mm-hmm. the song is is your voice is what like carries the song. It's very strong voice. But yeah, that's what I liked about your Bowron playing in it. It it is very subtle. You use the rim of the Bowron as well, which is always a, a nice little touch. And uh, like mm-hmm. I was saying about when you play the, when people play the Bowron well, when they mute it and and leave mm-hmm. it open and stuff, that's that to me is is more appealing, you know, than just bashing away on it. But um, <laughs> yeah, what what like your the difference to what um you know to say the, the Planksty the Planksty version is is more of a full uh, band. Uh, version and slightly slower i think in in the way it's delivered and your yours mm. is uh, yours is a uh, bit quicker with the words but we were just chatting before we came on and uh you asked me did i know what it's about and i didn't what is the song about oh my gosh so um yeah if you're not listening it's hard to you know understand the whole story if you're just you know listening to the song but uh it is a murder ballad mm-hmm. and um specifically uh the abuses that are happening to uh, the, one of the main characters in the song, who is a woman uh, who's being abused by her family. And so, um, and I won't go too much into it, but that's the gist of it. And for me, when I heard the song, obviously I heard it from the movie and, you know, what a fitting song, you know, in a really sad way. Um, but that's, you know, that's why they, you know, I believe the filmmakers included it in that yeah. film. Um, but for me, I just always heard men singing it. And so I was like, I, I could do something different with this. And even though it's about this really, you know, horrific thing, um, I just, I was like reclaiming it in a way and saying, I'm not afraid mm. to sing about these things. I'm not afraid. And I, you know, to... I don't know, two abusers, you know, out there. It's like, I spit it back at you, mm. you know? And uh, for me, that's how I was singing it, you know, because um, I sang it in the Irish band that I was in. I was the, I was the Brown player in the band. <laughs> um, but that was one of the songs I would do. And it was just me um, and the Brown. And, you know, there's pretty noisy clubs in LA. And, you know, I would silence. I would silence the room with that like because, you know, it was... I. It's, it's saying, you know, listen to me right mm. now, you know, and <clears throat> in that way, I just, uh, it's like, um, yeah, I was thinking about, uh, you know, all the women in the world throughout history who, who didn't have a voice that I could be singing that, yeah. you know, from strength, from anger, even, but from power, you know, people say it sounds like a war song mm. and, you know, that's, great i love i love when people interpret it that way because that ha- it definitely has that energy behind it yeah it's got like this kind of uh, the feeling for me and i, I we, we'll talk about you know it ended up in the video for for conor mcgregor and gamma i think it's got mm-hmm. the either you could either you could either cry to it or go to war it's a, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a pretty amazing song that can actually do the two um, <laughs> and I, I i do love that like uh yeah, the a- atmosphere, I think, within the song with just the Bowron and your voice, that that's what mm-hmm. kind of struck me immediately with it. Um, and, you know, uh, I just like I said, it's it's done well. It's changed my mind about the Bowron. So, I mean, that's thank you. Really good you know, um, it's, so, it's funny because, you know, in the Irish music community in L.A., there is that same 
stereotype about the Bauron. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I would call myself, I don't know if I'm going to get hate for this, but I would call myself the anti-Bauron Bauron player. I like it. I like it. And, and that's Where it's good. like, it's like, I just want it to, yeah, it's for me, yeah, my voice will be the storyteller and my drum is like a partner, but it's, it's booing me. It's like mm. helping me up. It's not like the main thing, but it is part of the energy. It is part of the force, but you know, there are times in the balance louder, but then it, it's quieter when I'm singing, you know? Yeah. And I try to, have that balance with it you know and i i mm. love when it's the big booming sound too mm. and um someone told me that i have a more traditional baron i guess where it's um it's narrower a lot of the ones yeah. the the rim is actually thicker yeah so it's like the deeper but but then the drum itself is smaller where mine is a little bit larger and then like narrower Narrow, and so yeah. it, it can make um kind of a more booming sound which again i heard from my baron teacher that uh that's a, that is a more ancient way okay um I, yeah. yeah i've seen people play barons the size of tractor tires they're that big and i'm <laughs> <and> be play, <laughs> playing it with the, the leg of a table or something i don't know wow. just, yeah just I, they're weird but um not people <laughs> i don't mean people i just mean you know big massive barons are kind of strange uh-huh. looking um, well, that actually reminds <laughs> me um so i did grow up in japan for many years okay. And um, I was thinking, like, why do I like that big booming sound instead of the, you know, the kind of more tippity tappity that some bomb, you know, the way some bomb players play. Um, and I think it has to do with I, I used to play taiko drums, just okay. like as an after school thing. We had a, you know, the big Japanese, you know, taiko yeah. drums that are this big around. And so I was wondering, like, maybe I'm meshing them together, <laughs> but be. I'm not. Yeah, it could be, but yeah, because um, I just haven't heard that big booming sound mm. as much in Bauron playing, but I like how it sounds, so. Yeah, and look, if you keep doing it your way, it's that's the way to do it, you know? You've found your own style with how you do it. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Thank very you. important. So what have you ever been someone who's, uh, again, I'm interested in people getting on stage is quite a, it's quite a, a move, really. You've seen, like, I've seen narcissists get on stage and it's been no problem, but I've seen these kind of, <laughs> you know, wallflowers getting on stage mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes kind of wilting a bit, but then other times kind of mm-hmm. growing and becoming these, you know, big personalities on stage. Mm-hmm. Have you always been quite comfortable getting on stage or has it been difficult for you? Um, When I was a little girl, I was more shy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, when you're really little, you're not very shy and then you get and you try again or something and then um uh but I just I even though I was shy um I didn't like that I didn't like Mm. feeling uncomfortable about something and so um I mean I was always singing you know by myself or in the house and stuff but uh there was a time I think I mean it must have there okay when I think back everything has a backstory but um when I think back everything was happening at once because I saw that film I also discovered Appalachian music, which is a kind mm. of American music, uh, you know, from the Appalachian Mountains here in in, uh, in America, where, um, <clears throat> you know, hundreds of years ago, immigrants from England, Ireland, Ireland and Scotland came and, you know, all the songs are still there. They're still preserved there, like after hundreds of years. And so that music also is, 
it just feels so ancient. And sometimes it's just one person singing all by themselves or they're playing with a fiddle, mm. but that's it, you know? And, and around the same time I saw that film, I also discovered Appalachian music. And that also was fascinating to me because it's just them singing by themselves. I was like, wow, that that takes a lot of bravery and courage. And to me, that was, at the time, it really influenced me because I thought that's it. Like, that is the root of music, of singing, is to be able to sing with no accompaniment. And so um, I guess from 11 onward, that's what I was doing, actually. So I went from being shy to suddenly singing whenever anyone asked me to. And that's that was a decision I made. It was it's funny because like, how did you do that? It's like, I don't know. I just decided one day that I wasn't gonna be shy anymore. I was mm. just I was also just so like annoyed too, like, oh, I wish I wasn't like this, you know. <laughs> yeah. I definitely I definitely had that feeling. And so I just decided, like, you know what, I'm just gonna do it. I don't I don't care if I'm scared, I'm I'm just gonna do it, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I had these like role models, you know, mm. in the Irish music and also in the Appalachian music, because they would just, you know, be a room full of people and then they just stand up and I have a song and just stand yeah. up and <laughs> sing a song. And and their music also has has the plaintive, you know, mourning, haunting sound where it's yeah, you, like you said, I love what you said. It's like either go to war or, or make you weep, mm. you know. I wanted to make people feel things, even if they couldn't understand what I was saying. To me, it's deeper than that. You know, yeah, it's it, the feeling. Yeah, it's so the important. Human emotion. Yeah, it's so important for to be properly like touched emotionally by music, like and whatever the emotion might be. It's very hard for me to kind of really get into a certain type of music or a certain band or artist um if if i don't find that connection with them you know uh you know it, mm-hmm. i might get into a song say but never get into like a back catalog kind of thing and it seems for you that like your your influences seem to be and i'm sure they're very varied and we'll get into it but that that um you know the idea of being in like old irish kind of thing and the appellation i'm probably pronounced obviously pronounced that wrong all my life but that's the way <laughs> the appellation <It's> okay. <laughs> the appellation music and the, the appellation mm-hmm. trail and that that kind of like you say the folksy balladeer um a lot of darkness in the lyrics in in, in mm-hmm. the, those songs too but would you was that fair to say that you're more influenced influenced by that kind of music than in the other yeah i mean you have such great questions <laughs> oh thank you um yeah I mean that the kind of dark haunting sound I've you know in my you know research just on my own uh I found it all over the world um there's music all over the world folk music from Macedonia Mm. from Mongolia um Japanese folk music uh they have that sound too and this it's like a lonesome voice, like a plaintive lonesome voice, but also <clears throat> there's so much strength mm. and energy and it just pierces you. And so that was fascinating to me. I'm like, this must be some kind of ancient human thing because that that's what I am fascinated by. I love what connects us or I'm very interested in um, 
kind of prehistory, you know, when you know, before things were before we could write things down, but we were still human beings, you know, what was that like? And, and to me, those songs, I think were passed down from those times, you know, um, <clears throat> obviously we'll never know, but you know, if it, if it just strikes people, no matter where they're from, if it strikes them the same way, there, there must, I'm finding that, that similarity that we all have, that we all, we all turn you know, when I was, when I would <laughs> do that first long note, you know, a gentleman, mm. and just, I would call, I was calling people, I was calling yeah. people to listen. And, you know, it'd be this rowdy, rowdy, rowdy pub and people were drinking and then just be like, whoa, like, we <laughs> just see all these heads turn. And, you know, that's, that's what I want. I want to call that, you know, ancient part of us that, um, I don't think we see anymore, you know, modern society, but, you know, we all physiologically, we're all still the same, you know, mm. um, you know, I would say like time frame, I don't know, 8,000 years ago or something, you know, something like that. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know, that's what, that's what fascinates me. And that's where the mystery is. Mm. And it's something that I'm trying to find and discover too, because, um, you know, people ask me like, how do you, why did you, why do you sing that song like that? And honestly, because honestly, <laughs> it developed from singing in those very noisy places. Mm. And it was almost like, how do I sing it to make people turn around mm. and look at me? You know, and sometimes I wouldn't get it. And sometimes I would. And, and uh, yeah, it's very mysterious, but I was like trying to figure out how like you know how basically how to pierce the soul mm. and um you know i love when it's raw and yeah. emotional and i don't know if that's a gift that i can give to people to feel something like that like then i've done my job you know? yeah I, like that there it is very very primal that that uh, the note at the mm -hmm. start and obviously why people turn their heads it's us. <clears throat> but there's this um I was listening to an interview. This is just kind of jumping off something that you mm -hmm. said there. I was listening to an interview with Serge Tankian from System of a Down the other day. Okay, so mm -hmm. uh, do you, you 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 know System of a Down, right? I know of them. I don't yeah. know the music very well. That's all right. <laughs> but, but but what I found amazing about System of a Down when I first started listening to them back in like two thousand one, two thousand and two, that they use um, uh, Ar Armenian uh, folk music. Mm. and uh folk rhythms in their in their mu in their songs and um it's not something that i would pick up on you know initially because i wouldn't have that connection there i wouldn't wouldn't known but when mm -hmm. i first read about it i was like oh, that's pretty cool that they are thinking back to hundreds of years before to this kind of old uh, music that they their their grandparents and before that would have heard but he said that it wasn't thought of they didn't say right we're gonna write this you know metal song and then mm -hmm. put some Armenian folk uh, rhythms in there. They said it was like a primal instinct on their part that mm -hmm. as a band, they're, they're four guys from LA, but they're obviously got Armenian descent mm -hmm. that it came into their songs. And I, I found that incredible that, you know, if he said, Oh, we put that in there on purpose, you'd be kind of going, that's pretty cool. But the fact that they didn't think about it and it was already mm -hmm. in them, I, I just, I was mm -hmm. just staggered by that. And it just shows that like, um, it's still around. It's obviously it's, dying away a bit now where you don't hear it as much the kind mm -hmm. of uh, old folk music like that but 
yeah, to hear a metal band put some Armenian mm-hmm. folk in, I just thought, I just thought that's, <laughs> that's great. Like, I think that's great, um, you know, to hear. But uh, so when did you realize that uh, Gamma were going to uh, have you your, your version of the song in one of the videos? <laughs> um, so I have that video on YouTube and it's been there for two years and it's on its own. It's It's always garnered really positive comments you know I'm always getting comments every week or new followers or just people have really nice things to say (laughs) when it's out there in public you think there'll be some trolls but I've been very blessed like everyone's been so nice and and, you know last two years and and so I get these messages and um and so I woke up that morning and I I thought I got one of them and sometimes they you know uh they find my Facebook and so uh Go. That's my... <laughs> Morning. <laughs> That's our rooster. Morning. I live on a ranch. Oh, okay. <laughs> pardon, pardon the rooster. That's all right. Um, <laughs> um, there he is again. Oh my god. He's more than welcome. I, don't I mind. might. I might have to chase him away. No, I'll leave him. He's that. grand. It's a lovely little back background noise. <laughs> there he's fine. Right. Um. What was I saying? Um. But the video air. The <laughs> comments in the video. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I got one, and I thought it was just one of those, you know, one of those comments. Oh my gosh, she's right by the door. You might have to. Do you, you if might you have want, to take if you, if you want, I can fill in while you're gone. Okay, hold on. A second. No, go Sorry. for it. Go for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, just for people who don't know what gamma is, before we uh, go into it, uh, that's Calvin and Philip Mulpeter. We he um they set up gamma, which is the the um i thought she was coming back um, it's, it's so they set up for mma and uh, jiu-jitsu uh, amateur stuff at at young level so it, it's a it's a brilliant thing to do because we don't have any of that um so philip was on before philip the honey badger um old peter he was on before chatting about it obviously i've had calvin on talking about it as well and he'll be he'll be back on um again on uh, wednesday when i talk to him on the live and joyful but it's a great thing and when I'm talking to um, the, the rooster's that. gone. No, I'm just explaining. I was sorry. I was just explaining what gamma was to people in case they oh, they, they didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was just actually leading into your bit about the well below the valley was used, and you can take it away from there. <laughs> right. Thank you for. That's all right. Um. So I woke up and I was, you know, it was early in the morning, so I was a little sleepy. And uh, can you still hear him? No. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> um, so I thought it was one of those comments like, oh, so good. I loved your music. And and then um, I woke up and uh, went to my boyfriend. And I was like, hey, I got this nice message. And I started reading it. It's like, we all loved your song on Carmen Gregory's video. Do you have anything on Spotify or iTunes or something and as I was reading it loud I was like oh, what <laughs> I was like the fighter what is happening and we're both really confused and then I was asking this random guy on Facebook and I and he's from New Zealand <laughs> and uh and so I was like what do you mean he's like oh it's all over the place it's on his Instagram it's on and I was like what it's on his Facebook and all this stuff and um, I kept having, I, I was just so confused. I was like, what are you, 
what do you mean my song he's like that's your song right and he showed me he had to send me all the things because yeah. i didn't know what he's talking about <laughs> and um, <laughs> oh but it was really fun he's like oh no problem you're great and um oh my gosh it was so crazy just i mean you know it was it was viral for that that moment you know on his page you know getting over a million views and that's just amazing mm. um and you know in this world where um you know we it's like it's a blessing and a curse because you know anyone can post stuff online whenever they want but yeah. you know how is how are we all gonna see you know all the millions of things that are out there and so in that way oh my gosh it was such a such a huge blessing as an artist to um you know, to, to be put out there and mm. to have someone so influential and so inspiring to, you know, and a fighter uh, put my music out there. It was just so incredible. I mean, sometimes I'm just like, did that really happen? And, um, <clears throat> and just to like check, I like see, and, you know, he still follows me on Instagram. Wow. That's, <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, I, um, but, I uh, think, well, like, when I first uh, saw the video, and obviously Calvin posted it and Gamma posted it, right, and um, right. I, I I, heard the, the, the song, and, and um, what it reminded me of is that, you know, uh, when I talk about people being very proud to be Irish, obviously Conor McGregor is one of those people. He comes across as that person. Mm-hmm. He's very quick to grab the flag when you know when he's wins and whatever and he had mm-hmm. like uh one of his songs like he used to come out to uh biggie notorious big but he used to have like the foggy jew with Sinead right. o'connor and mm-hmm. that was what it kind of reminded me of that really like like i said earlier on about that go- the, the war thing you know and mm-hmm. the fact that it doesn't have to be like a heavy metal song to inspire mm-hmm. someone to kind of, right. I'm not saying start a war. I'm not. Nobody <laughs> listens to start a war, but that I, kind of idea of of kind of getting someone going or, or inspiring oh, to do yeah. something, something different. Exactly. And Super motivating. Yeah. Like, to be the best you can be. Yeah, exactly. You know? And like mm-hmm. when I sorry when I saw your song, uh, like Calvin had put up uh, to follow you, so I followed you, and then I I noticed that your numbers are going up, but I didn't realize. <laughs> that you know it was over a million like you know, people hearing the, mm-hmm. the song in the video and stuff like that so that that must have been pretty like you said um yeah pr- pretty crazy yeah, to and, kind of take and in it all it all happened because of gamma you know mm. um you know they searched for a song and they found my song and thought it was suitable and <laughs> and uh you know so i really have them to thank and you know i'm i'm not really in the martial arts world i would say and so i had to do my own research I was like where's gamma what's mm. happening and <laughs> but realizing their mission and I'm, yeah. I'm i feel like super supportive of them and what they're bringing you know to ireland yeah. and to the world it um, is very, it's very exciting for ireland it's hugely yeah. exciting for ireland to get to get um to get a, a you know a promotion like that to be doing especially for young mm-hmm. very young people to be getting yeah, an to uplift the youth mm. mm-hmm. you know there is so much to be proud of yeah you know, it's, it's great Irish. and mm-hmm. calvin is a great ear for music as well he's a really good like uh knowledge of music and and, and all things really like so from to get to get that song to pick that right <clears> song <throat> for the right video is just it yeah. just it lines up so well i know and, and for me i just i just for me it's very beautiful thing because um what irish 
music has given to me mm. is is so beautiful and so deep and has enriched my life. And so in a way, you know, that my song can kind of return to Ireland yeah. and, you know, like uplift the youth and uplift everybody there, to, you know, to to get up in the morning, to to fight, you know, mm. in, in their own way and whatever they're, <clears throat> you know, struggling with in their life or just something they have to get through you know if my song can can inspire that you know mm-hmm. that is it's just I received this amazing gift of Irish music and I've been lucky enough to to play it so much and that Irish people have been so generous you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like allowing people you know all over the world like non you know non-Irish to partake in their music and share it you know yeah. I've just been met with so much just graciousness and and love you know like well thank you for sharing our music and I'm like wow <laughs> thank you so much for, yeah this is the generosity and it's, yeah that's me giving back yeah too this is my gift back the gift that like your people have given me <laughs> yeah know? and if people haven't heard if people haven't heard uh the version of the well below the valley it's on spotify isn't it it's on apple that's where i got it so yes. I know it's there mm-hmm. um obviously you can see and see the live uh, where it was shot, where it was recorded uh, on <laughs> YouTube, which is really cool. Um, so we will get into that at the end as well, just to kind of, because we like to give people a little bit of a chance to self-promote, even though people don't like it. It's not to make people uncomfortable at the end of the episode. But um, so what do you like to do then outside of music? What do you like to do in your spare time? I like to do so many things that I have to kind of cut down. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I just don't have enough time in the day. Um, but uh, I'm a rock climber. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done that in a little bit. It's winter here, but um, I love being outdoors. I love hiking, mountaineering. Uh, I was also an ocean swimmer. And uh, I just love being in nature. Mm. Um, but yeah, when I'm more quieter mood reading i listen to so much music i feel like there isn't enough years in a life to listen to all the music that i want to listen to Mm. um but yeah i'm always i feel like i'm always on this journey of of learning discovering more and um one of the things i love to do is sing and and um listen to learn learn traditional music in a way to to keep it alive Hmm. um or just yeah singing it interpret it in a way to show it's the strength that i hear you know in the song uh because i i just love history so much and so Hmm. part of what i do i feel like you know is preserving history at the same time bringing it you know to the present in a way where yeah we can still all relate to this you know even though it is over 500 years old you know, this is still important. It's part of our, you know, human history or human tapestry. Um, so I do have, you know, great joy in uh, finding and singing, you know, ancient music. And I always ask uh, my listeners, you know, like, please you know, recommend me more music because I just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just me here um, researching on my own. And I've uh, some people have uh, reached out and sent me some songs that i'll probably do oh, so nice. i'm excited for those yeah just mm-hmm. make just make sure that uh seamus ennis the ill 
pipe player isn't one of those people, all right? He, <laughs> he was slamming that instrument um, for really? no reason. Yeah, don't mind him. Um, oh, but, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Yeah, <laughs> no, you, everybody gets used to those kind of things. But are you, like, uh, where you're living, are you close to the, uh, the coast? So I basically live, uh, I'm in between L.A. and um, Tehachapi. And Tehachapi is a very a small town, two hours yeah. north of L.A. And here it's it's mountains. And so oh, right, nice. Uh, we get all the seasons, so we got snow last week. Yeah. You know, so it's Southern California. But, um, you know, as soon as you go up in elevation, it's a very different climate. Um, I would say like high desert. Um, we're in the high desert area here. I, but I then when pic- I'm in LA, yeah, yeah, I have the ocean too. So I I, I saw a picture uh, on your Instagram, and I saw it somewhere with with snow in it, and I was kind of like, "Where in California is that?" <laughs> I was just trying to figure it out. I uh-huh. I, I learned my uh, <laughs> I've only been, I've never been further west than Chicago. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've it's always been like New York and Florida and things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was watching and. I think I learned the rest of my weather uh, info- information from America from films. So I was watching a film once and it was like, it was in New Mexico and it, it started snowing. And I was like, that's not, that can't be right. Is it? You know, it turns yeah. out it does snow in New Mexico. Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And uh, one of the jobs I had a few years ago was uh, a tour guide in the Southwest. And so I would take people out on tours <clears throat> to the different national parks there and, hmm. You know, one day it'd be sunny and hot and t-shirt, you know, t-shirt weather. And next day, cold <laughs> and snow. And, and um, a lot of my clients were from Europe or Asia. Mm. And so like, I didn't know it was going to snow here. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, we don't. <laughs> it does. We get lots of snow sometimes. Well, not lots of snow, but it does get, it does get very cold. And, and you know, yeah. the thing about the West Coast is that um, elevation can change really rapidly you know we we have very high mountains all over the place and you know and as soon as you go up a thousand feet you know it's totally different here we're about four thousand five hundred feet oh okay you're high. <laughs> yeah it's yeah high. we're high so um and there's mountains here and the tops of those we have conifers you know pine trees and there's still oh. snow up on them that so i really i yeah i love being up here because i could go play in the snow in the morning and then the same day go drive down to the beach and mm. have a swim you know yeah, yeah that's <laughs> so yeah it's a, it's a nice thing about living here and you you you're able to be active and do all those different activities that i like to do because um yeah when it doesn't rain as much so you can be out more and, yeah um so yeah <laughs> I, think I, was, I was supposed to ask me. i was supposed right. to ask with the when you came to ireland what like what where did you go in Ireland? Uh, so that was uh, let's see, when was that? That was in, I think, 2011. And so ten years ago, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Um, but I was there for two weeks, and I was actually in a choir. We were in a glee oh. club, and we were touring the country and singing in different churches and chapels oh. and and just randomly you know whenever we want to like on the street or something be like a like a sudden like random concert be like oh my gosh you know like a flash mob or something uh but it was really fun 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was that at the peak um, of the Glee Glee time when the FCC yeah? So was that okay? what's really exactly? So mm. we had shirts made because we were actually we were real Glee club okay. from you know a college from university, and we had the shirts made in the same like uh, logo, okay. <laughs> similar logo as the show. So people were asking, "Are you from the TV show? Are you from the TV show?" We're like, "No." Or better, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it was it was really fun. We just we had a lot of fun. Um, but I um, so it was through that lens. You know, mm. So I was traveling with the group, and um, I arrived. I had to go early because I had a different uh, plane ticket. But I spent a couple of days um, in Shannon, mm-hmm. and uh, just went all through the country. Um, funny court. Uh, ended up in Dublin. Um, it was wonderful. <clears throat> I wish I could have stayed longer. And you know what? The whole time we had the most beautiful weather. <laughs> really? <laughs> it was like sunny and beautiful. And I'm like, you guys are from California? Yeah. You guys brought the sunshine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We always say that. It's so irritating. We always say that. Oh, you brought the rain. You brought the sunshine. Couldn't have brought everything, you know? <laughs> I'm glad you got the nice weather, though. Was yeah, it? it was. I don't. I don't remember it raining once. So it was like. Maybe not a very Irish experience yeah. in that way. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Maybe once. I don't remember. But it was like, it was so beautiful and so green. Mm. So green and beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's beautiful here, but, you know, in a different way. Definitely not. Yeah. Oh, not yeah. as green and lush. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it is pretty green and lush. And, um, of course, like everybody, when you live somewhere, you take it for granted. You, you don't see it as mm-hmm. much as you, as you should. But um, yeah. before... um. What are your uh, plans for the future music-wise? Music-wise? So <clears throat> when this all happened, <laughs> you know, um, obviously in the pandemic and live music was shut down. And so I've just been going to school and working and kind of living a normal life like that. Mm. <laughs> and then all of this happened and it's like, oh my gosh, my music. And, um, you know, and, people go through this where you leave things on the back burner and you know I was definitely guilty of doing that but this whole experience has reminded me that you know I do have a gift and people want to hear it and you know it is my duty to share it with them you know um and uh you know because I have this you know the questions you know questioning that happens is well it's not all about you or it's not making about you know and, you know, I never want to be like that. I want to be more, more humble, you know, mm. but in a way, in order to share this music, you know, you have to put yourself out there. You have yeah. to believe in yourself enough to do that. Even if it is, you know, just sharing it mm. with people, because for me, especially the traditional music, like mobile, the Valley, I feel like I am a vessel, you know, I am the person singing it, but it is so much bigger than me. You know, it's it's so much older and so much history, and I just I just want to, you know, sing it the best way I know how. You know, um, <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. Anyway, uh, my plans for the future are to record more and honor this music, um, especially. You know, I've just had so much outpouring you know this beautiful outpouring of support and love you know for my voice and and so you know I do want to record more 
songs and put them out there and just continue doing that and see what happens because for me it's you know it's the experience it's it's um you know people feel something Mm. with my music that's the most important thing so for me um I'm trying to (laughs) organize reorganize my life right now so that you know to facilitate that because yeah when it happened I was just you know working and studying and I was I've been really busy Mm. and so now I guess like I guess near future is cutting out making time putting enough time aside where let let me shift my priorities and this isn't you know this is important enough yeah to do oh yeah and I've put it uh, put it aside for way too long you know it's something that it's been it's been a dream of mine to do for many years and and it really has been such a huge blessing that Gamma chose my song and that kind of like I shared it um, because it's just this reminder like, hey, do your music. Yeah. Don't forget about it, you know. Yeah, for so, sure. And where can people find it? And I know I mentioned already, but <clears throat> better for you too. Yes. <laughs> you can find my music um, basically on all platforms. I would say Spotify, iTunes, Apple Play, YouTube. Um, just search my name, Saya Novinger. Correct um, pronunciation. Very well. <laughs> yes, Novinger. Um, And you'll find Well Below the Valley. And I hope to have more songs coming out, originals, Good. as well as nice. more um, folk songs. And brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. I'm. I could never have expected that there'd, there'd be a rooster uh, interrupt one of my. <laughs> One of my podcasts. I was happy for him to say it didn't. He wasn't bothering me. Um, but it's it's uh, it's been really brilliant talking to you, Saya. Um, uh, it's been a proper pleasure, and we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, Derek. And I've been looking forward to this a lot because you were part of that experience too from the beginning when everything happened, when Gamma shared it, and Conor McGregor shared my music. Like you were, you were one of the first people I followed, and I saw you interview Calvin. And yeah. so um, when you reached out to me, I was just so excited. I was like, yes, <laughs> I was wondering if you would ask me. So really happy you did. And thank you for this. No, absolutely. I was always going to, uh, uh, as soon as it it, um, it started happening for you, I was always going to gonna try and get you on. Um, and I know it's a, it's a weird, I know still it's weird asking people, especially people that you haven't met before or spoken to before, but mm-hmm. I have to kind of, it's one of those things, I suppose it's, uh, you know, you just have to go for it. Like you were saying about the music, if it's something that mm-hmm. you should do and you feel like you, this person will make a good guess and an interesting guess, well, just ask mm-hmm. them. And if they say no, they say no, it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> well, I really love what you're doing and the topics that you bring up. And I think they are, it's, it's needed. You mm-hmm. know. Thank you very much. I'll, about it. Stick around with me for just one minute. I'll, I'll close out mm-hmm. the show. And I just want to get a quick photo with you after. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, um, thank you very much to John uh, for actually, especially uh, this week t- to John, because I've been annoying him uh, to do more things um, like putting the videos up and doing the edit on the video and just annoying him with stupid questions that like he's probably going, how does he not know this stuff? And I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm, I'm a bit older than you, John. I don't know this stuff, um, but I really appreciate it, John. Um uh, my mom, my dad, gr- my granddad, to Jer and to Calvin, who's been mentioned a few times already. Um, did you yeah, know that Cal- Calvin? Did you know that Calvin <laughs> did the the change the music at the start of this uh, podcast? He actually did. He did the music for it. Uh, he did. Wow, that's yeah. Cool. He uh, he has many talents. 
Yeah, he is. He was. He does. Some, he does some cool stuff with the synth music, you know. And mm-hmm. he, uh, I, I had the song. I wrote the song years and years ago, and I put up just the guitar part for it. And I didn't really like it. It didn't kind of nicely, kind of smoothly go into the start of a, of the episode. So I thought I heard Calvin's stuff, and he was he was good enough to do it. So he's a man of many talents, is right. Um, find us on a YouTube, uh, like I said before, subscribe if you would. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, yeah, on all the podcast platforms, you know the usual ones. Um, uh, thanks to everyone for listening and for watching. If you did watch, thanks very much. Um, and and to see yeah, to Saya again for for joining us. <laughs> I didn't mess up her name once, and I'm very happy about that. <laughs> I did enough of that during the week. Um, but listen, everybody, um, thank you very much for watching, and we'll see you all next week. Take care. Bye. <laughs>